Zedekiah found himself tortured and taken away from the Lord. And where would we end up if we only put forward our own little kingdoms? I think we know the answer. We might want to say to Zedekiah, how could you, Zedekiah, forgetting about the Lord as you seek to build your own kingdom without him? Then we, I, you, we have to look at our own hearts and where we spend our time and our energy. Where will that leave us if we leave behind the most important kingdom? What we see is the Lord has a great plan, though. Despite what Zedekiah had done, and despite how the people were failing and tattered, God gave a parable through the prophet. This parable is a picture of a plant and how that plant would grow and flourish even though it was once dead. This message is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. June 20th, 2021. Ezekiel 17, 24 There was a man in 1903 who decided to set out on starting up a company. It was small, and he didn't have much to begin with, but he had grand plans. Only this man was probably the last one you'd expect to ever achieve anything with his company. You see, he had previously tried to start a company. He called it the Detroit Automobile Company. And he failed to produce and sell a single car and could not pay back his investors and had to file for bankruptcy. So he tried again. And he got investors to take a risk once more, and this time he called it the, I believe it was the Henry Ford Auto Company. And once again, he failed to sell a single car, and his producers and those that worked bottom down the line selling him parts were not paid. His investors could not be paid because he did not sell anything. And he had to once again file for bankruptcy. Now he was a middle-aged man, 39 years old, and had twice failed at his endeavor. But then he decided to try again. And in 1903, he somehow convinced some investors to once again back him up. And the rest is history, as the company he started was the Ford Motor Company. He was producing cars at one point so fast that they could only do the color black because that was the only color that would drive fast enough on the line. And he reportedly had once said, you can have a Model T in any color you want as long as it's black. And today you can drive down the road and you won't get far without seeing a car that came down his line. And his business became the largest family-controlled business in the world. Quite a growth from that so small of a nothing start. You ever consider yourself part of something that's growing and is going to reach great heights? Well, consider that you are. No matter how small and lowly you and the church of God might seem, God has grand plans to cause a great increase despite expectations. So this morning we'll continue our series as we see how we defy expectations as we trust in the Lord. And as we trust in the Lord, we will reach great heights even though we are small. We look at the prophet's words in Ezekiel chapter 17, and we see just how the Lord does that. You see, during Ezekiel's time, the kingdom, the little kingdom of Judah, had what would be the equivalent of filing for bankruptcy in the ancient world. It had been ruined and destroyed. 
the Babylonian king had, came, had come and he had taken King Jehoiachin and had taken him captive to Babylon. And in his place, he put up another king of the line of Judah, but one that would be under his control, Zedekiah. The nation of Judah was now subservient to the Babylonians. It was really at its lowest point. But King Zedekiah had grand plans. He wasn't going to let a little thing like being destroyed by an empire set him back. No, he found some supporters and he decided he was going to have his own kingdom, his own power, become independent and powerful and reach great heights and overthrow the Babylonians. So Zedekiah made an alliance with the Egyptians and was destroyed. And Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came with such a rage, he leveled the city of Jerusalem, took Zedekiah captive, tortured Zedekiah, and led him off to exile. So much for a great achievement and reaching great heights. You see, Zedekiah's problem was he could have trusted the Lord. He could have followed the design and plans of his God, but he decided to look at worldly power and strength because he knew that's how you achieve power and wealth and reach great heights, and he failed. You know, you and I might not be trying to establish a world political power and overthrow the nations that suppress us, and we might not be trying to start up an automobile company so we can reach great fortune and fame and great heights and wealth, but like Henry Ford, like King Zedekiah, don't we live in a world which tells us that if you want to reach great heights, you must work to attain it with the powers and wealth of this world. And maybe we're not striving like they were, but perhaps we might fall into that temptation, right, where we see our own little kingdom and we try to grow for ourselves something marvelous as we rely on our career, our work, our efforts, our investments, our retirement account. And these things in themselves aren't bad, just as Zedekiah's kingdom work was not bad in itself. But what good is a retirement account if it begins to take place of the Lord? What good is having secure financial assets good if it takes place over security in the Lord? Zedekiah had the opportunity to honor the Lord as he sought to attain great heights, but instead he actually ended up dishonoring the Lord. He broke an oath he made in the Lord's name in order to fight against Babylon and so dishonored his God in his search for strength and wealth. Maybe you and I might find that just if we just get that little bit of overtime, maybe it's better than spending time with the Lord. Or maybe this career or this landing will be better than spending honoring time in God's house. And as we seek to grow our own kingdom and our own security and strength, we might say, what good is spending time, effort, investment on the kingdom of my God and his house, my church body and the church, when I could invest it and I could have for myself something wonderful? And the Lord takes second place and the name of the Lord begins to become dishonored as we seek to build for ourselves our own kingdom. See, what happened with Zedekiah was it came falling down on his head. What good is financial security if you're not secure in the Lord? What good is having a secure retirement account 
when you know you're going to face your grave? What good is having all the things that we might hold and possess if we don't possess the kingdom of our God and hold to his promises above all things? Zedekiah found himself tortured and taken away from the Lord. And where would we end up if we only put forward our own little kingdoms? I think we know the answer. We might want to say to Zedekiah, how could you, Zedekiah, forgetting about the Lord as you seek to build your own kingdom without him? Then we, I, you, we have to look at our own hearts and where we spend our time and our energy. Where will that leave us if we leave behind the most important kingdom? What we see is the Lord has a great plan, though. Despite what Zedekiah had done, and despite how the people were failing and tattered, God gave a parable through the prophet. This parable is a picture of a plant and how that plant would grow and flourish even though it was once dead. God says, This is what the Lord God says. I myself will take the part of the tip of the cedar and plant it. From the topmost of its shoots I will pluck off a tender sprig, and I myself will plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the high mountain of Israel I will plant it. That tip of the the cedar sprig was the line of the kings. Earlier in this chapter it refers to King Jehoiachin. God is saying, I'm going to take a king who's from the line of a a tree that's dying and dead, an insignificant plant. And he says, I will plant it. Possession of great heights and wealth would not come for Israel by their own attainments. It would not come by their alliances and political strength with other nations. It would not come by their own efforts. But it would come by the promise of their God, who said that he would plant, that he would cause to grow, that he would bring blessing. This happened, and God fulfilled this promise as a small little sprig was planted. It was from what the prophets call the stump of Jesse. And this little sprig, this shoot that came out of Jesse's line was a king. Though he didn't look like a king, he looked like a dead branch as he was born in that lowly position in the town of Bethlehem. And that lowly king that God said he would plant seemed so insignificant as he grew up in Nazareth, that that small, despised little town. But God was going to plant and to grow his kingdom with this king. And this king, who would be so lowly, would follow even further down into the depths as this king, Jesus, the son of David and the son of God, would establish a kingdom by his death on the tree. And he would take that curse and he would take that punishment that everyone deserves who did not put God first. And he was cut off so that a kingdom could be planted. And the seed that planted was placed in the tomb and God's kingdom began. As the son of David, the king that God said he would plant, came out of the tomb with new life. And there the disciples a few days later were gathered. Just 120. Can you picture that? A church that's just 120 in the city of Jerusalem. That's it. But from there, it grew. God says, it will produce branches, bear fruit, and become a magnificent cedar, 
Flying birds of every kind will live under it. In the shelter of its branches they will rest. The kingdom of God spread from Jerusalem as the word of Christ and the gospel message of his good news took hold in the hearts of more and more people. And what seemed like a a dead kingdom grew as the kingdom of the Lord expanded to the nations. And today we see how the kingdom of God is where people find shelter and shade, not just flocking to hospitals built in the name of the church, but coming to the houses of prayer and worship where they hear of forgiveness and the promise of life and the knowledge that though this world may perish and their life may end, they have a part in the kingdom that will never perish and that will continue no matter what. So that no matter what they lose in this life, they have an inheritance in what will continue to grow for eternity. Here he says, Then all the trees in the countryside, that is all the nations, all the people, will know that I, the Lord, bring down the high tree and raise up the low tree, that I make the green tree dry up, and I make the dried up tree blossom. See what God does. He defies all expectations, and he builds his church out of what this world would never expect. His son, who came to this world in lowliness, but who came to plant that gospel seed. Brothers and sisters, defy expectations. This world expects that you chase after the things it chases after, that you try to attain for yourself a kingdom in this world with the power and wealth of this world. The world expects that if you spend time and effort to support ministry here, your church body, or in the Christian church, it will amount to nothing but defy expectations. No, God doesn't need your time or your wealth, but he will use it to plant a gospel seed that will make an impact into eternity as this message is shared with the work and ministry of God's church. And as this message is shared, and as you share that gospel seed, you defy all expectations and are part of a growth and a kingdom which will endure forever. How do we know that? The Lord has spoken. The Lord who makes the dry, the green tree dry up and makes the dried up tree blossom. And he says, I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will carry it out. Amen.